Good to have you back. The Bill Michael Show on this Wednesday. Two hours down, two hours yet to go, and uh, good to have you. Packers back on the practice field. Brewers get a win. Technically, they're six games away from clinching, but they've already clinched. I've already thrown the dagger in the Cubs. It's over. The Brewers have won the National League Central. Now start getting those uh, playoff tickets ready. They're going to have the uh, the um, lower-end wildcard team that's going to be coming into American Family Field for the three-game series. And uh, at that point, then, the uh, the Brewers hopefully get a couple of wins in advance and move on and find themselves uh, facing either Atlanta or Somebody else, for that matter, uh, the Dodgers in an NLCS, and maybe lightning strikes, and they end up finding themselves in a series late October, which would be absolutely fantastic. In the meantime, the Green Bay Packers trying to figure their stuff out. Uh, We'll hear from later on today, David Bakhtiari and company, hopefully, and the Packers back in the practice field. Will they have Aaron Jones back, Christian Watson back, Bakhtiari back, how's Elton Jenkins doing? You know, on and on and on, we'll get a full report on the injuries as well. In the meantime, let's talk some NFL in general. Our buddy Mark Schofield uh, from SB Nation and such uh, joining us here on the hotline. Mark, how you doing? I am doing well, Bill. It is great to be with you as we are each week. Excited to talk a little week two and maybe look ahead to week three as we get rolling here. Always excited to be with you. Yeah, it's it's interesting because uh, you've got some 0-2 teams. Uh, you look at a team like Cincinnati, they've got uh, Joe Burrow with the ailing calf muscle, not since 2020 or 2021 as a team. In 23 teams, been 0-2 and then actually gone on to the postseason. So you've got some teams that are battling that right now. You've got a lot of success down in Dallas, and is that sustainable? Uh, there's just a lot of question marks. They've got question marks over in uh, in Pittsburgh as well, so certainly down in Chicago where things are just awful, for lack of a better term. Uh, if you had to say the first couple of weeks the big stories are, what would they be? Yeah, you know, I think one story is a story you just sort of mentioned there, what we're seeing in Chicago. This was supposed to be the year of the Justin Fields leap, right? This is year three. This is when we've seen quarterbacks such as Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts take that big step forward. And certainly the Bears tried to model themselves after those Eagles because, you know, they execute the trade with the Panthers. They pick up that future first rounder for next year. But instead of drafting a quarterback when there was a decent quarterback class in front of them, they decide, nope, we're going to give Justin Fields another year. We're going to build around him. Yes, we've got that hedge like the Eagles did last year, but we believe in him. We're going to get the best version of Justin Fields on the field this season. Well, through two games, that has been every, anything but the best version of Justin Fields. And what concerns me about what we're seeing from Fields right now is a lack of trust because he had some comments earlier today. You know, he's not sort of trusting himself. He's not trusting what he's seeing. This is what we saw early last year. We saw a quarterback in Justin Fields last season that – didn't trust his eyes, didn't trust his arm. Sometimes he felt like wasn't trusting his receivers who he was going to throw to in the passing game. We expected him to be beyond this. We expected this offense to be beyond it. But in a way, it sort of regressed to what we saw earlier in the year last year. Now, there is still time for him to sort of sort that out. But I do think that the clock is ticking and time might be running out here. So Fields and his struggle is certainly a story. The NFC South. I don't think people expected three of the nine unbeaten teams in the NFL through two weeks to be coming from the NFC South. People might have said, yeah, you might see it in the AFC North. You might see it in the AFC East. The AFC is going to be so great. We'll get to that in a second. But no, you've got Atlanta, you've got Tampa Bay, and you've got New Orleans all at 2-0. and Now, are those records down in Tampa Bay and Atlanta real? We'll see. The schedules are going to get tougher for both of those teams going forward. That's certainly an interesting division, the way it's playing out. And then, as I just mentioned, 
We all thought the AFC, right? It was going to be a gauntlet. You can have all these great teams in the AFC. AFC hasn't looked great so far. You've got teams like the Bengals at 0-2, you know, Bills at 1-1, Chiefs at 1-1, and some of these teams in the NFC look a little bit better than we thought they were going to look. That NFC writ large looks a little bit better than we thought they were going to look. And I think if you sort of took stock of all the teams right now, you might say three, two, three maybe of the teams in the NFC are among the the, the elite in the NFL, the Niners, the Cowboys, you want to put the Eagles in there. And so I think those are sort of the big storylines right now. AFC's looked a little bit down, more so than we thought. Justin Fields has certainly struggled. And, yeah, that NFC South might be not the best division of football, but perhaps the most fun. The uh, the AFC East, which was supposed to be this three-way, dominated, quarterback-driven, yada, 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 isn't. And uh, obviously without uh, Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson looked human against one of the best defense, if not the best defense in the National Football League. But could we talk about three guys that I think that could already be mentioned for MVPs? Tariq Hill is having a hell of a year. Certainly Tua is. Micah Parsons is all over the field, and, and he's having a hell of a year. I mean, if you talk about three early front runners, possibly for an MVP, we could talk about those candidates, and two of which come out of one franchise, you know? I think that's exactly right. And, you know, what we saw last year was Mike McDaniel structuring an offense, perhaps cater to what Tua does well get the ball out quickly, be sort of a point guard type of quarterback, distribute it a little bit. They've added some, you know, schematic elements. Everybody that sort of watches and breaks down X's and O's and talks about game film and things like that, they're fascinated with that little burst motion they're using in Miami where, you know, it's that quick little short motion to the outside. It almost gives you a run and head start. Patriots defensive backs in the lead up to that game Sunday night were saying, it's like playing in the Canadian Football League. They're giving these guys a head start, a run and start. And, you know, it's one thing when – you know, your average NFL receiver. It's another thing when it's Tyree Kill getting that little bit of a head start. And so that offense is explosive, dynamic, creative, and it's allowed Tua to grow even more as a passer. And so I think right now you probably stack them to a Tyreek, Micah. But Micah has Parsons has a tremendous case already, certainly for depth defensive player of the year, but like you said, MVP, because a lot of what we're seeing out of Dallas starts with that defense. Dan Quinn has the ability with some of the players he has up front along with Parsons to give Parsons some favorable one-on-one matchups, move him around. You saw an early pressure on Zach Wilson where Parsons aligned outside the left tackle but loops into the opposite A-gap. When you've got a player with that kind of talent and explosiveness, that you can say, yeah, we're going to line you outside in this wide nine over the left tackle but loop into the up opposite A-gap and get home and he can do it, that's, that's tremendous talent. And so – Obviously, a lot of football left to be played, but I think if you ask people to turn in their ballots right now, that might be one, two, three. Uh, the AFC North, we expected to be kind of a bloodbath uh, between the Ravens, the Bengals, the Browns, possibly the Steelers making hay in that before it's all said and done, and things just haven't panned out that way. Cincinnati starts 0-2. The Ravens look good but not great. Uh, Cleveland with Deshaun. With Deshaun Watson, really, he, he's a shell of what he was when he was in Houston and still has not really earned that contract. And then in Pittsburgh, where Matt Canada has taken a ton of heat as the offensive coordinator for his just goofy play calling, that was supposed to be a really good division. That's been almost one of the more disappointing divisions in football to this point, wouldn't you say? I think it has been the most disappointing. And, you know, obviously with Cleveland and Cincinnati playing each other week one, you weren't going to get all the teams to 2-0. and But that was an ugly game back in week one. You know, with, with Cleveland and Watson, that passing game has certainly struggled Watson still seems like he hasn't quite settled into that offense yet, but look, you know, 
he should be in that offense right now, and it hasn't quite happened yet. He seems tentative at times. The ball's coming out a step late at times. He had a throw in that game Monday night where ball's on the right hash. You're throwing a deep out to the right sideline. Like, that's not an overly taxing throw for an NFL quarterback. Amari Cooper's working. He's got, like, six yards of separation from Julie Porter Jr., but Porter's able to break on it and break it up. Pass comes out a step late, but that's a throw you expect an NFL quarterback to hit with ease. Watson's not hitting those kind of layups right now. And so, you know, that's going to be a problem, particularly with the Chubb injury. And so what does that passing game look like going forward? Since he's certainly interested because they had an 0-2 start last year. They lost in overtime to Pittsburgh in week one, lost by another field goal in Dallas week two, but they still managed to get to the playoffs. But this feels a lot different because you're 0-2 and you're 0-2 in the division. Burrow's banged up. We saw on Sunday against the Ravens who have done – over the past couple of years, a great job with simulated pressure looks against Burrow to confuse him at times. He wasn't moving as fluidly as he usually does. He had one play where had a defender at his feet was able to sort of step over him. But other than that, seemed banged up. They had a touchdown drive. He limps off the field, and now you're hearing that, you know, maybe he's not going to be 100% anytime soon. Does he sit out this week? You know, that's a difficult situation for that team right now. It's an 0-2 and 0-2 in the division, which is tough to overcome. And as for the Steelers, you know, Matt Canada has sort of been the punching bag for all of their offensive woes recently, and I expect that to continue. The offense, you know, doesn't seem as dynamic as it could be. You know, he's, he's doing some different things, motion, scheme, formation, things like that, that aren't just quite working right now. It's a far cry from what we expected to see from this offense, particularly given how successful they were in the preseason. Now, with that defense, as we saw the other night, it might be enough, but they're a bit of ways away from what we thought we were going to see from them coming out of the summer. You know, it, I'm going to take it to the NFC, and I'm going to say the very quiet uh, team that nobody's talking about happens to be San Francisco, and the fact that Brock Purdy has not lost a regular season game, the fact that they're plus 30 when it comes to the you know, point differential only behind the Dallas Cowboys. They finally beat the Rams, which is something Shanahan had had problems with, and they're sitting 2-0 and in that division. And while they, everybody picks them as one of the Super Bowl favorites, you talk about a team that's really not getting a lot of publicity and a lot of discussion right now. They they just go out and get their job done, man. And that was with Bosa signing that contract and coming back. Yeah, and I remember we talked about it, and I kind of wondered, you know, with Bosa signing late in a situation like that, is it is it going to lead to some tension? Is it going to lead to a slow start or something like that? And, and certainly not. And I think what's, you know, we've talked about, you know, over these shows, the time we've been doing them together, the, the different ways a team can win a football game. And the more ways you have at your disposal to win games, the better you are. And I think the Niners are a perfect example of that because we saw week one, everything's clicking. You win in a blowout, run games clicking, Purdy's clicking, and you go, you win one run of the way. They can win blowouts against a team like the Steelers, which, as we said, has a very good defense. Then last week, like you said, they've had their struggles with the Rams. Sean McVay seems to have, you know, Kyle Shanahan's number a little bit. And it's a bit tougher game than you expect. Purdy's a little off, missed some throws, had some opportunities for some big plays, didn't quite connect on those. And you find a way to win an ugly one-score game. You can win big. You can win by small margins. You can win blowouts, putting up lots of points. You can win with that defense and some of the, like, you know, if you get a 17-14 rock fight, they can win that kind of game too. They're an absolutely complete football team. I think part of the reason that they are, as you said, Bill, flying under the radar is the excitement over the Cowboys and what we're seeing from them. And let's be honest, the points and touchdowns and creative offensive stuff gets everybody excited. Speaking of the Dolphins, this Niners team is a complete football team. And they've gotten off to a very good start. 
you know, going into the year, a lot of people said, yeah, one through 52, this is the best roster in football, but Purdy's a question mark. We still don't know. Is he going to have that same magic? Seems to have it through two weeks. If I were another NFC team, I do not want to see, or any other football NFL team for that matter, I do not want to see the Niners on my schedule. Talking with uh, Mark Schofield, SB Nation. Before we get out of here, obviously got to get, got to get to the NFC North. Packers one and one, and I think the reason Packers fans are so upset is because that was a very winnable game down in Atlanta this past weekend. Uh, any play that uh, they could have had, whether it was the drop to interceptions, uh, it was the delay of game penalty that could have cost them the field goal, which could have given them the win, or Rashawn Gary crashing the edge and allowing Ritter to get in. Any one of those plays, they turn around and win that ball game. And they could be coming back to Lambeau Field at 2-0. and Give me your assessment of what you've seen out of Green Bay in the first couple of contests. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I understand why Packers fans are disappointed after Sunday because that was certainly a winnable game. As you alluded to, there are a number of moments in that game where, you know, you just get one play that goes a different way and you probably leave Atlanta, like you said, 2-0. and But I still think that, you know, what we saw, you know, in week one from this team, even at times with this offense on Sunday in a game that you lost, I thought Jordan Love still played extremely well. Yes, there are things to clean up, you know, protection-wise, and maybe getting some guys back up front will be a big help in that regard. But this is a very good football team. And, you know, the NFC North on the whole had a bad weekend. And so, you know, you bounce back from it. But I still think that the Packers are a very good football team. I've been impressed so far with Jordan Love. You know, it just goes to show you what we saw Sunday, that narrow margin between winning and losing in the NFL is so razor thin at times that it just takes one play, and coaches preach this all the time. Like, you don't know what's going in or in the moment which play is going to be the one that decides the game, but you'll know after, and that's what we saw Sunday. But this is still a very good team. I've been impressed with Love so far. I think the offense is rolling for the most part. Got to clean some protection things up, and injuries might have a role to play there. But I'm not too worried about the Packers right now. I think there are teams in the North, Minnesota at 0-2. Certainly we've talked about the Bears that have a lot more to worry about with what they've got going on than the Packers do sitting here at 1-1. Great stuff, Mark, as always. We certainly appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk again next Wednesday, okay? Sounds great, Bill. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Enjoy the games this weekend. Absolutely. There you go. Mark Schofield, SB Nation. You can find him at Mark Schofield, S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D, at Mark Schofield from SB Nation. Breaking down the NFL and talking to us each and every Wednesday. Love, uh, love getting his takes. Love getting his takes. Good stuff. This portion of the program being brought to you by our good friends over there at uh, at uh, Steel Tank Brewing. Steel Tank Brewing in Oconomowoc, right behind the Exonia Bank off of 67. They, uh, they're open for lunch. Great stuff. But the music venue is about ready to open. It's getting close. Getting close, my friends. And as soon as it does, I'll let you know. And I'll let you know the first band that's going to christen that place. But I'm looking forward to it. Steel Tank Brewing in Oconomowoc. They're going to have great music, great bands. But even more so, they've got terrific food. So stop in and check it out, whether it's for lunch or for dinner. Or you just want to go in and watch a game on a weekend. Whatever it happens to be, that's our friends at Steel Tank Brewing in Oconomowoc. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Talking some misery in the South Side. Coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, You had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. 
Palace team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 9-30-2023. Welcome back to the program. Good to have you. The Bill Michael Show. We uh, continue on. And uh, we want to talk a little bit about uh, we'll, we'll take the focus off of Green Bay and the Brewers and the Badgers and such. And we're going to just kind of roll around in the misery that is down in Chicago where uh, I know we got a lot of Bears fans that listen to the program, whether it's well, we got a lot of fans of, of Minnesota, too, that listen to the program, depending on the western portion of the state of Wisconsin. But uh, I know Bears fans pay attention because they listen to their own stuff, and then they listen to the Packers stuff and hope for the Packers' misery to happen. And uh, it, right now, though, down in Chicago, it's it's pretty ugly, for lack of a better term. It just is. Uh, so, Grant, what, uh, what, what misery is being spewed today down in that windy city? So, I'm just looking at a Twitter thread from Dan Wiederer. He tweeted, my jaw's on the floor right now, just a head-spinning morning on 920 Football Drive. A quick recap. So this is the first tweet. This is probably the mildest of any of them. Bears left tackle Braxton Jones is heading to IR with a neck injury. It could potentially be season ending. The Bears would like to keep Darnell right where he is, but are having discussions on whether to move him to left tackle. So what's happening? Their line's already beat up. They got backups playing. None of them playing particularly well. Their, their left tackle's hurt. So now the rookie, the guy they just drafted, they might have to move him and switch positions. That's never something you want to do with a young player, right? You never mm-hmm. want to move a, a rookie around. So that's thing number one. The O-line sucks, and we saw that week one, Bill. Terrible. Right. Completely agree. Thing um, number – go ahead. Go ahead. I was just I was just going to say, I mean, it just – there's nothing good right now that you can really pull no. out of the Chicago Bears organization. I mean, there just isn't. It, it, there's – they they look bad. Their quarterback looks bad. The the coaching looks bad. I mean, just so many different areas that just look bad right now for the Bears. So just Allen Allen Williams, their defensive coordinator, uh, I don't know if it was before week one or just after week one, uh, left the team for personal reasons. I think it was after the Packers game. So he wasn't on the sideline, hasn't been around the team. He's been away from the team. Uh, the tweet says, the situation continues to get more mysterious with Matt Eberflus declining to give an update or clarity on any part of it including whether or not Williams is still employed as the defensive coordinator. They asked him directly, is he still employed as the defensive coordinator? And Eberflus, no comment, gave nothing. Wow. How do you not say whether or not your coordinator's there? That's that's almost embarrassing. Well, if he is there and he's still employed, I would think he would just say so, right? Right. When you plead the fifth, when you say no comment, we're left to assume it's because you don't have an answer or it's because you don't have an answer that we will like. Or you haven't officially made an answer. <laughs> or you don't so, know, I, I just, which might be worst you, of all. Right. Yeah. Right. I, it just, wow. Just wow. That's awful. So lastly, Justin Fields, he says he's been playing too robotic, uh, then bit the pin off the grenade and rolled it into the building with his explanation for why he believes it is that way. Quote, 
coaching. So Justin Fields is saying, I'm playing like dump, and it's because of the coaches. Uh, not oh, correct. wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the biggie. Oh, my God. I'm going to so, try to find the audio just to make sure we're grasping the full scope of that. Um, he's blaming Luke Getze, in essence. Yeah. You know, whether it's Eberflus or Getze, whoever's calling the plays, but wow. So I have a, a minute and 40 so second levels. clip. This is the answer. I think it's more than one question and answer, but it's about his playing about the coaching. Do you want me to play it? It's a minute 40. Play it. We're all smiling. Play yeah, it. No kidding. Here's Justin Fields. Talk about this multiple times. You know, nobody's going to take anything personal. Um, you know, if the coaches say, you know, we need to play better, we need to play better, I need to play better. I'm not taking that personal because, you know, I think everybody in here knows that I need to play better, including myself. So, um, you know, they're not going to take it per uh, personal if, you know, us as players go to them and say, yo, I didn't like this call or, you know, uh, they need to be better. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're all grown men in the building and um, we all can take it. So, um, you know, it's, it's about, you know, working with each other, getting each other better, holding each other accountable and working towards the same goal. So um, in terms of that fact, yeah, I think you know, everybody can do uh, better around here, you know, including myself. So Just maybe as an extension of what you're talking about on the, on the strip sack, in the second quarter, if you had that play exactly, back, what, exactly, what, what, what I'm, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm gone. You know, time clock. I'm, I'm, I'm gone out of the pocket. That's, that's why that happened because I'm just, you know, uh, they wanted me to work on staying in the pocket. You know, during, during the off season, which you know, there's times where you do, but when that internal clock goes off, that's when you need to get out and extend the play, make a play. So, um, yeah. So it's just kind of like taking their coaching, and then there's always going to be like. You don't have to always, I guess, it's not going to work out perfectly every time. So, yes, there's times where I could have stayed in the pocket, but, like, in that play that specifically, like, I was in the pocket for a long time. So I got to, you know, extend the play, get out of the pocket, extend the play, and, um, you know, do something with it, you know, make make, make something shake. So um, that's that's kind of what I'm talking about, though, and kind of, you know, getting back into my game and you know, becoming more of a football player than, you know, such a thinker on the field, so. Uh, I'm going to look wow. to find more of that, uh, and I want to see if he he talks. I think that conversation continues, but uh, not so exactly great. You know what's really weird is it's like they sat and watched Get Up. Like, he watched Get Up, and he watched Good Morning Football. That, that's what it sounds like. Because that's exactly what the guys on Get Up and Good Morning Football were saying, was he's not a – he they're, they're trying to make him a pocket, pocket passer to protect him, and – and this and that, and he's not smart. He's better on the run, and he makes better decisions. And you know, and so he's just saying they want me to be in a pocket, and I got to have a better clock in my head. And you know, and he's right in the sense that he can run, he can be an asset. But they're also trying to get him to be a passer, and his first instinct is to tuck and run. And you are not going to have have longevity in this league with that mentality. And so I understand what Getze and Eberflus are trying to do. The problem is, you know, as was stated to us in the press box, he's not smart. You know, the, the terminology was he's not going to be attending any Mensa meetings anytime soon, which made us laugh. But he's not a smart quarterback. He's got to be a guy that creates with his legs. Get the clock in your head. If you don't have the clock in your head in two seconds, go. Off you go. One, two, bang, go. And then take off and, and throw the ball as you go. And that's where he's better. And he's just basically saying, no, they don't, they don't want to let me do that. They want to put, make me into something else, and it's coaching. Oh, my God. 
Wow. Um, yeah, they got some problems down in Chicago. So the here's a here's a comment about everything. sorry, Bill. Here yeah, here's ahead. a comment about him thinking and, and needing to, I don't know, not think as much. Here's the direct question and answer. What do you think was causing you to think so much? Maybe think too much. Um, you know, could be uh, you know, uh, coaching. Um, I think, but um, you know, at the end of the day, it makes it. You know, uh, they're doing their job when they're giving me, you know, what to look at and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I, you know, can't be thinking about that when the game comes. I prepare myself throughout the week, and then when the game comes, it's, you know, it's 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 time to play free at that point. So, um, you know, just thinking less and you know playing more. Hey, Justin. This is weird, Bill. This is wow. a weird situation. Yeah, just bizarre. And they play the Chiefs coming up. This week, I don't think it's on a short week. I think it's on Sunday. I don't know who plays Thursday night football tomorrow night. Let me double check. Um, yep, going into Kansas City. This could get really ugly really quick. If they go into Kansas City and they get blown out, remember what happened in 2014 with Mark Emery and Mark Tressman when they were running the yeah. Bears and they came into yep. Green Bay on Sunday night and got lit up by 40 points? Mm-hmm. I, I almost feel bad for Bears fans. Yeah. I don't, but I do. <laughs> I don't, but I do. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Just so bad in so many different ways. I, I will say this. I feel pretty much a, a lot better about where the Packers are right now. Sitting at one and one, and at least they know the direction of their team and they know what's going on. I mean, it may seem a little disheveled at times and a lot of things that you can point at, but that is that in Chicago is a – a plane that has lost its engine and it's on fire careening towards the earth. That is, it, it is, it just looks already like it's like it's circling and it's on fire and it's ready to come crashing down. It just does. Oof. That is so bad. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. Uh, yeah. Remember Richard says, remember when they were talking about the possibility of Justin Fields being an MVP, <laughs> right? Oh my God! Hey, uh, I'll tell you who is. Uh, this is this is the reason we get paid the big bucks when it comes to segues uh, of radio. Who is the MVP? It's our buddy Dwayne from Dwayne's Cover It All in uh, in Wausau. And uh, if you are looking for a boat cover uh, for an awning for your business, maybe some upholstery work that needs to be done on your furniture, or maybe you want to get something recovered, whatever it happens to be, awnings, gym equipment, office furniture, so much more. But boat covers, especially this time of year. Check out our buddy Dwayne, D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. That is Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. Or just call him, 715-870-2119, 715-870-2119. Great stuff, great work. Uh, I, I took the RV up there because there was an actual hole that was torn in the RV. And it was it was not good, and I wanted to get it repaired before I sent the thing back. And he had that thing repaired, and you could not could not tell where it was. It was spectacular, the work that they did up there, just amazing. And uh, they can do so many different things. That's Dwayne D U A N E S Dwayne's Cover It All dot com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Good to have you back, the Bill Michaels Show. As we continue on, got to say thanks to our friends at Buzzard Billy's out in uh, La Crosse. Love Buzzard Billy's. You know that. I've talked about them uh, for quite some time now. And uh, not only is it a great place, uh, whether it's to go eat or such, but also when you start talking about upstairs at the Starlight Lounge, it's even better. So uh, whether it's Buzzard Billy's or the Starlight Lounge, either place you can't go wrong. Both places, absolutely spectacular. That's Buzzard Billy's downstairs on Pearl Street in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Starlight Lounge upstairs for the martinis and such, the specialty martinis. Love that place. Cocktail Lounge. And it just looks like the Rat Pack's going to come pouring out of the back of that place and start corroding songs at that point. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, great stuff from our friends at Buzzard Billy's in the Starlight Lounge. Love that place. Um Got a, got a couple of different things. Uh, first of all, I know that uh, Matt LaFleur had talked a little bit, and I don't know if you're following uh, along, but uh, Matt LaFleur talked a little bit about some of the injuries. You've got uh, the elbow issue going on with uh, Lucas Van Ness right now. Um, we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur and such coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, I know that a lot of people covering it. Aaron Jones did warm up with the team inside with a helmet on, but did not come outside for the start of practice today that was open with reporters christian watson back at practice today uh david bakhtiari elton jenkins nowhere to be found just an fyi we were all waiting for david bakhtiari to to say something but nowhere to be found but christian watson went through the individual drills with aaron jones and uh, but aaron jones did not by the way so christian watson back at practice aaron jones did not go through the individual drills uh was taking some time off uh, there is, quote, the rehab group that they call it, uh, David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, both those guys there. And uh, one other note, Lucas Van Ness took part uh, after getting his elbow checked out earlier in the week. He did take part in practice today. So that's good news. Good news when it comes to the injuries for the Green Bay Packers. So, uh, And as you know, many people, Wes Hotkowitz and Spofford and everybody saying, you know, Good to see Christian Watson back in the practice field uh, for the Packers today wearing the black sleeves on his right leg. Uh, and Lucas Van Ness also practicing. So getting both of those guys back would be a nice boon to this team, both offensively and defensively. And Aaron Jones uh, goes through the stretching, uh, but uh, David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins not to be found. So there you go. There you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. Diana says, uh, what do you pay Christian Watson when the end of his contract comes up and he can't stay on the field? Well, Diana, you don't. I mean, for every game that he's missing. Now, granted, he's only in the second year of his rookie deal. But, Diana, you don't. Um, if he cannot, oh, over the next couple of years, if he cannot stay healthy and cannot participate, I mean, you don't pay him anything. You know, you'd kind of probably you'd hate to say it, but you you most likely, you know, cut him loose if if the guy can't. I mean, the old adage is you can't make the club in a tub, and if he's only going to be available for six, seven, eight games a year, it, he's he's not worth it. Or you're paying very little. You're paying very little, but beyond that, I mean, I right now, I wouldn't pay Christian Watson anything. Because like Puxatawney Phil coming up to see a shadow every year, you know that Christian Watson is going to have a hamstring issue. He missed most of training camp last year. Then he came back, got nicked up again. Then he, when he came back, he started to play pretty well, and he showed progress. But then again, this year to start the season, here we go again. Hamstring issue again, can't play, can't get on the same page early on with the quarterback. And, you know, so right now, not much. Not much. 
Uh, this is from Ben. Ben says, uh, hey, Bill, uh, if the offensive line is already this nicked up, does this make Brian Gutekinds look like a genius for keeping so many offensive linemen? I don't know about a genius, but I'll say this, and I, I we said this at the earlier, uh, you know, when they started talking about the, the, uh, the roster. You keep the best. And if you have a plethora of at one position, I remember, uh, you know, some years ago when I think it was – Devontae Adams, rookie or second year, and they, it was Jordy Nelson was coming to the end of his his career, and they just it you know they it seemed like they had a lot of guys, they had like six seven wide receivers. It's like how many guys are they going to keep? And and I said you know you just never know you know and all of a sudden boom Jordy goes down, boom James goes down, boom Devontae goes down, boom you know, and you you were down to, you know backups to the backups to the backups, you know so. <laughs> Um, you can never have too many good players. You just keep the best players. And if you have 20 offensive linemen, look at already. You've got two guys that are already down. So you're, you know, you're going with Royce Newman and Rasheed Walker and moving around John Ryan or John Runyon and Zach Tom and Yash Nyman. And, you know, you're moving these guys around already. So you've already, um, out of your five reserve players, you're using two of them. You're down to three leftover offensive linemen. That's it. So you went from having this dearth and embarrassment of riches to, you know, Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins both nicked up, and now you're gonna now you're gonna need a backup. So I, I you just always keep the best. You just always keep the best players, you know, because you just never know when you're gonna need them. Uh, no doubt. Um, what else do we have here? This is from uh, this is from Bill. Bill says. Uh, Bill says, uh, I watched Jordan Love again, and I see some indecision. Do you think that's going to come with time? Uh, some of the passes he's just a little bit late on. Is it something that's recognition? Or as you said, the, quote, synapse between the brain and arm, end quote. That's from Bill. No, see, I, I'll say this. I've seen, and you know that I've been hard on Jordan Love. I have, I've been impressed. Now, the terminology and the miss on fourth and short, and the quarterback sneak that looked embarrassing, I, I'll give you that. Not being able to connect continuously downfield, having some overthrows, not liking that. But some of the things that I have seen that makes me believe that maybe things are going to get better and continue on in a positive direction is he's thrown some really good balls into windows where the receiver had not even turned around yet. He's thrown some really good timing plays, more specifically down in Chicago than in Atlanta. But he's thrown some really good balls. He's been able to. He's got. He's had the clock in his head, and he's got six touchdowns and no picks. You know. Uh, now I don't want to. You know, knock on wood. I don't want to jinx it. But he really, other than the one throw, maybe two, but really one specific throw this past weekend that he put in harm's way. He's been pretty good with the football too. He's kept it in areas where only his guys could get it. And so that there's something to be said for that. I, I, I like what I've seen. Uh, I'm not I'm not blown away. I'm not like, you know, hey, I'm going to eat my words. Nothing like that. But if it continues to progress and get better, then I'll be excited. I'm also excited to see him now as the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers come back to Lambeau Field with a crowd behind him. Playing in that dome on Sunday, that was a tough place to play. Loud. Loud place to play. So... I'm I'm anxious to see him come back home and, and to see what uh, the next three, four, five games hold for him. Because we, we talked about it. We'll know after three or four games what he's got, right? So here comes your first home game. 
Then your next one is going to be a quick turnaround on, on Thursday night against the Lions. So it's it's going to be back-to-back games at Lambeau Field. And then you don't play at home again on a Sunday until mid to end October. So the schedule's a little bit disjointed, but I, I'm just I'm excited to see the progression. I really am. 877-867-1670. Hit us up if you want to chime in. Uh, go ahead and give us a shout. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, this, By the way, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill. Good people over there at Curly's, home of the Big Porker. And I know they've got a big weekend coming up this weekend again, and they've got some charity stuff going on. So check them out on Facebook, Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill. It's on Pewaukee Lake, Lakeview Boulevard. Great people, great place, good food. And whether it's the Pig Porker Sandwich, the wraps, or that spectacular chef salad that they have, it's all good over there at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Good to have you. Good day today. I'm excited. Just am. Welcome back. I uh, got another hour yet to go. Mike Clemens going to be giving us a buzz coming up here in a little bit. Packers back in the practice field today. No Bakhtiari, no Elton Jenkins. Uh, Aaron Jones going through a little bit of a walkthrough, and that's about the extent of it. Uh, Lucas Van Ness is back. Uh, Christian Watson back. So uh, a lot uh, a lot of news uh, up in Green Bay upcoming uh, from Mike coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, the Bears quarterback, 23 QBR through two games. Worst in the league. Thrown 66 passes in their first two games. Not something he has shown he can handle in his uh, so far in his career. Not good. Now blaming it on coaching. Now blaming it on coaching. Meanwhile, in our own backyard, uh, Jordan Love, six touchdowns, no picks. Now, you know, you get a little more real with all of this, okay? Um you uh, have the zero interceptions, but the biggest question about the most, uh, you know, that most people ask when it comes to him as far as starting quarterbacks goes is whether they, they can take care of the ball. Love has taken care of the ball so far. Uh, he said before the season that he's willing to uh, take care of the checkdowns if necessary, not force the ball, and he's done just that. And at some point, though, as we all know, as it states here in this article, uh, he's got to start throwing some deep balls. But that's about the only thing missing right now from his game, according to Rob Domofsky, uh, is the fact that – and this is something that we were just talking about a little while ago. This just came out uh, over on the Four Letter Network website. Uh, in the meantime, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, the Vikings, they committed seven turnovers, and they are minus six in turnover margin right now. Seven. The first team since 2003 to lose six fumbles in the first two games of the season, putting them on track to tie the NFL record for fumbles per game. 36 in 12 games uh, by the 1959 Chicago Cardinals. Uh, But there have been scores, uh, scores of studies that show fumble recoveries are a random event. So even if their pace of fumbles continues, uh, history tells us that uh, recovering some of them will minimize some of that damage. But nevertheless, the, uh, the fact that they have not been able to hang consistently onto the football has been something that teams have focused on, and now they're going to just be punching the hell out of the football from here on out because they know that that's become a problem. Meanwhile, the Detroit Lions didn't take long for Jared Goff to really kind of establish trust in his rookie tight end. 
whom Detroit picked up in the second round. Their chemistry uh, developed. That's with Sam Laporta, by the way, developed in training camp. And Laporta proved himself early, which is why he has 102 receiving yards in his first couple of games. The chemistry with him and Goff uh, makes that team even offensively that much more dangerous. And it's going to play a pivotal role as, as you know he continues to impact that offense and make them bigger and better and stronger in Detroit, uh, tied at one and one with the Packers this, at this point for the top spot in the division. But uh, the NFC North, uh, for the Lions supposing to have this uh, very strong hold on the top spot, uh, the Vikings look bad. The you know, Bears look awful. Uh, I mean, I think it's almost a certainty that they're going to end up uh, at the bottom feeder again in the uh, in the NFC North. Might not might be the worst in the NFC and maybe in the entire National Football League at this point in time. But very quietly, could the Green Bay Packers be a team that's contending at least for a wild card spot and or the top spot in the division? I, I some are asking that question out loud uh, with the Vikings being as turnover prone as they are and offensively inept at this point, which I just find fascinating because I really thought that the loss of Dalvin Cook would not hurt them, and it clearly has. And the fact that Adam Thielen is not there. And Adam Thielen wanted the ball more, and, and he you know kind of made his feelings known. And, and Justin Jefferson, we all know, is such an incredibly quality wide receiver. I thought for sure that it really it would, they wouldn't miss a beat, but they have. And defensively, we knew they weren't better. But they're just they're right now, man. The turnovers are killing them, and that's just not a great football team. But could the Green Bay Packers actually? We'll find out more on Thursday night. You know, a week from tomorrow, for sure. But the Packers have the Saints coming to town, and then they've got the Lions, and that may be a preview as to the battle for the top spot in the NFC North. You know, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to find us, that's the way to do it. Uh. Let's see here. Uh, This is from Jason who said, did you hear that Mount Rushmore is getting a quick trip? I did not. I know that they're putting a quick trip in South Dakota, but there's four of them going in, and it's it's closer to Minnesota it's just on the uh, outside border of Minnesota than it is, I, from what I understand, uh, in the uh, in the Mount Rushmore area. Maybe they do. Who knows? Maybe they do. I don't know. But I, I did hear that uh, Sioux Falls is getting a couple of them, and I don't know specifically where else, but that's great because, uh, what is it? Uh, I think it's Worthington, um, Worthington, Minnesota which is on the I-90 Beltway across the top. Worthington, Minnesota is kind of like the last bastion of um, of Quick Trip. So as you're going I-90 out of Minnesota, there's Worthington. And there's a little town called, uh, God, I can't remember. It's uh, uh, Laverne, Laverne. And then you get across the, the border into Sioux Falls. Now, I know in Sioux Falls they were putting one, but I didn't know they were putting one at the opposite end, uh, out there in the Badlands, so to speak, out uh, near you know, uh, Mount Rushmore. So did not hear that. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and give us a shout. We got uh, coming up in the next hour, Mike Clemens going to be joining us. We'll talk with Mike for a uh, segment about 
David Bakhtiari and everything else that's swirling up in Green Bay. We'll get his thoughts and all of that. And then coming up tonight, we've got the huddle. The huddle's back uh, for another week. And uh, tonight, back in studio, but uh, tonight we're going to be uh, bringing you everything that goes on up in Green Bay today because uh, later practice today and uh, press conferences and locker room and such. So we're going to go through the NFL. We're going to make our picks. We're going to be here for all of that coming up this evening, but also uh, we'll talk with Mike Clements coming up tonight as well uh, on the huddle with more so from inside the locker room. But coming up here in about 20 minutes, we're going to talk with Mike, and uh, we want to uh, – we want to uh, talk with him about, you know, uh, he wants to talk a little bit about Bakhtiari and all the speculation and such that's running rampant right now uh, around Green Bay about the whole turf issue and such. So we'll get Mike's thoughts on that coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, this portion of the program, as we uh, get to the top of the hour, we go to take a quick break. Brought to you by our friends over there at The Water Doctors, h 2 doctorscom That's h 2 doctorscom I got a Connecticut water softening system in my home. And I, I couldn't love it anymore if I had to. And the service that John Atley and the gang give is absolutely positively second to none. And if you are looking for a tremendous water softening system from a great company, it doesn't matter where in the state of Wisconsin you're at, 262-549-7733. 262-549-7733. Ask for John, and he can help you out. Uh, but also, they're huge when it comes to giving back to veterans and veterans' causes and also a big supporter of Fisher House, Wisconsin. So we can't say thanks enough to them, but that's the Water Doctors. Give, go to h2theletterodoctors.com, and the water softening system they sell, they have, they rent, is called Connecticut. It is the best, hands down. Another hour of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. <laughs> 